welcome back to Seminary Insider. Today, we'll talk again with Ryan Clausen, Executive Director at Axe Seminaries, this time about what it means to be called or have a call on your life. Later, this will transition into a little bit about the meaning of faithfulness or being faithful to our call in both ministry and in life. Uh, And while in future episodes, we'll get a little bit more into ministry and what it means and what it can look like, I think this is a really great conversation that can shape the way we live our faith. So yeah, hope you enjoy it. And here we go. Well, call is a word that we, yeah, we throw around a lot, and it can mean different things to different people depending on uh, on the context, on the person. So, and, and often when we think of call, we think of someone who's called to ministry. And when we think of called to ministry, we often think of someone who's called to be a pastor, called to be a, a leader in the church, to, uh, to, this is their full-time job, some kind of full-time ministry vocation. Actually, when you look at the at the scriptures, the, the word call has uh, a much broader uh, meaning, or it's used in a, in a much uh, broader, a wider variety of contexts. We have, uh, we have call used often in the way we think of it as full-time ministry. You might think in the Old Testament as someone who's called to be a prophet, mm-hmm. and they might be anointed with oil and, and given a special calling to be, to be a prophet, um, or a, a priest. We often think of, of being called a uh, calling as, uh, as as called to a priest uh, to priesthood again being anointed and and going into a special vocation or even a king a, a king was often seen as called God would choose a, a king to be a uh, ruler over a, a, a the nation of Israel and uh, and they would be uh, confirmed anointed and and then that would the fulfillment of that call as as they rule. Um, but but call is actually seen in in a in a wider variety of contexts in uh, in the scriptures. Uh, I think uh, of uh, Abraham being called, uh, not necessarily called to full time ministry. He was called to leave his homeland hmm. and travel to a place that God would show him. So it was a call uh, to do something. Mm-hmm. And something we wouldn't necessarily think of as being ministry, but simply to leave one place and go to another. Mm-hmm. As that call is revealed, uh, as the scriptures go on, it, it's, it's then applied to a people. So his descendants, in one sense, are called by God. That's actually a great way to understand what does it mean to be a part of the people of God? What did it mean for the nation of Israel to be God's people? We read often in scriptures, it's nothing about who they were hmm. in, the, in their essence. They weren't a, a particularly um, distinctive or distinguished people. They were slaves. Uh, they were herders. They were farmers. Um, but they were set apart by their call to be the people of God. And that call to be the people of God, again, wasn't necessarily just for their own benefit, but it was for the benefit of the world. Mm. They were called as the people of God to reveal God to the entire world. And actually, I think that is the concept of call that is what we're talking about at Acts Seminaries when we talk about call. And in that sense, everybody is called Mm. to ministry. 
Everybody is called. If you are a part of the people of God, if you are a Christian, you are called. We talk about you being called by God, even in becoming a Christian, it's that God has called you to be part of the body of Christ and has brought you into this body, into this relationship with Christ. That itself is a call. And our temptation is to think of that call to become a Christian, again, as centered on ourselves and the benefit that we receive. But if you think, if you understand call in the way that God calls a people, that call is always for the benefit of the world. Mm. So when we talk about being called as a Christian, we are called to faith in Christ. We are also then called to bring Christ to the world. Mm -hmm. So each and every Christian has that call, uh, that call to, to be a witness to the gospel, to be God's representative wherever they are, in their family, in their church, in their community, in their workplace. Everywhere you go as a Christian, you are a representative of God. You are called by God to be that salt and light in the world. So when I talk about call, especially when we talk about call here at Acts, and who is called to ministry, every Christian is called to ministry. Um, and one of the things that means then, not to be too self-serving here, but one of the things that means is that if every Christian is called to ministry, then every Christian could benefit from a seminary education. Because mm -hmm. what do we do here at Acts? What is our purpose? Our purpose is to prepare men and women to live out the call that God has placed on their lives. And yes, that means that for those who have been called into a particular ministry, whether that's pastoral ministry, whether that's as a missionary, whether that's as a counselor or a chaplain, mm -hmm. we will prepare you for that vocation. But every Christian has that call to be a witness to the gospel everywhere, mm -hmm. wherever they are. So when you ask who would benefit from a seminary education, every Christian would benefit from a seminary education because mm -hmm. every Christian is called to be a minister of the gospel wherever God has placed them. Mm, yeah, yeah. This definitely is a different perspective, I think, than, yeah, uh, the distinguishing between being called to ministry and then just being, you know, a like a layperson Christian, essentially, which I do feel is the understanding I had while growing up. Well, and, and I did as well. In fact, I, I, I don't like the term layperson, but the problem is I haven't found a better term mm, yet. So yeah. I, I use it sometimes. Sometimes I try to use other language. But when I grew up, I, I come from a family with quite a number of, of my relatives who are pastors. Mm -hmm. uh, my father uh, was a pastor. My grandfather was a pastor. My great-great-grandfather was a pastor. I have a, an uncle who was a pastor. So we had a strong understanding of, of what it meant to be called to ministry. The downside to that was that I, I think in particular of, of some of my relatives who had in that case, a, a sense that somehow if you were called to ministry, you were, you were special, special or <laughs> you were different in God's eyes yeah. than, than someone who mm -hmm. wasn't a pastor. And I remember often at, at Christmas dinner, my grandma would always ask one of the people who was a pastor to pray when we all gathered as a, mm -hmm. as a family. And I remember seeing... Or, and, and, and learning about 
how painful that was for some of my other relatives mm. who were not pastors, who were business owners or farmers, loved Jesus just as much as those who were pastors, were, were studying the scriptures uh, in, a, in a deep and meaningful way, were striving to live out their faith, were lay leaders in their church, but they weren't pastors. And so they never got asked to pray hmm. at Christmas dinner. And it, it seems like a small thing, but that's part of that exaltation of pastoral ministry and a devaluing of what God is calling every Christian to, to do and to be in the world. Hmm. And so, again, we're all creatures of our experience to some degree, but that's one of the reasons I feel so strongly about this. And I've been a pastor. I've, I've pastored in, in churches. I've also been a truck driver. <laughs> I've also worked in a lumber yard. Mm -hmm. I've, I've also worked construction. I was a concierge in a hotel. But in each and every one of these situations, I was just as much a minister to the people that I worked with than I ever was in a church. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. you drive for six hours delivering a, a, a load of drywall with a, with a, with a co-worker, I mean, the weather doesn't occupy your time for very long. Pretty soon, <laughs> you eventually get into some deeper conversations. Mm -hmm. And this is a guy who he'd never darkened the door of a church. Mm -hmm. But here I have the opportunity to represent Jesus to this person. And thankfully, I had some of that training and that experience and formation that you get at seminary. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the the church is the body of Christ, and every part of the body has a role to play. Uh, and, and I think that's, it's helpful when we think about the priesthood of all believers to, mm -hmm. to couple that together with the concept of the body. Mm -hmm. Because we can also go the, too far in the other direction. When you talk about the priesthood of all believers, we think, well, everybody should do either everything or mm -hmm. everybody should do the same thing. So the priesthood of all believers doesn't mean you don't have pastors mm -hmm. anymore. It doesn't mean that you don't have leaders. Uh, what it means is that, ev again, it's this concept, everybody is called to be a minister of the gospel. Yeah. It's not that only some people have a special call and everybody else can just sit in the, in the pew and, and, and take it in. Mm -hmm. the, the priesthood of all believers means that everybody has that call from God. Mm -hmm. Everybody has been called to be a witness to the gospel, to represent Jesus wherever they are. Mm -hmm. And some people have particular gifts and can do it in, some, in, in particular ways. Mm -hmm. Other people have different gifts and are able to be witnesses in other ways. And even amongst people who are called to ministry, this can be a, um, uh, a difficult situation. As I remember... I, Again, when I was pastoring, going to evangelism conferences, mm -hmm. and I'd go to sessions, and there would be someone who was an evangelist, and they would talk about how to be an evangelist. Mm -hmm. And they would tell a story. You know, I, I woke up one morning, and I went out to, uh, to go get the, the, the paper. Newspaper was on the, on the front door. I was sort of standing on my porch, and one of my neighbors walked by, and I said, Hi, how you doing? And they looked a little downcast. So I said, Hey, you look a little downcast. What's... You know what's going on and we got chatting and they, they they shared some of their stories and we i talked about jesus and and they and they accepted christ 
um, you know, on, on the, on the front porch. And so then I, I went back in and I had my cup of coffee and then, you know, I, I took my kid to school and, and dropped them off. And one of the crossing guards was there and I just got to chatting with them and, uh, and I led them to Jesus. Mm -hmm. And then I went back home, but I, I stopped at the gas station to fill up with gas and I went in to pay and the clerk there, we got to talking and I led them to Jesus. <laughs> and I remember thinking, that's great, but that doesn't happen to me. Mm -hmm. And I don't, Think there's any way that I can do that so this isn't really teaching me anything right about how to be a witness to the gospel because those aren't my gifts mm. now it doesn't mean I shouldn't be a witness mm -hmm. to Jesus with the neighbor that I run into in the morning or mm -hmm. the crossing guard at my kids school it just means that I may not have that particular gift it's right. wonderful that some people do the fact that I don't doesn't make me any less it just means that I have different gifts. There's a different way that God is going to work through me. And that's where the concept of faithfulness comes in. We are called as Christians to be faithful. We're called to be faithful to God. We're faithful to the gospel. Um, we're called to, to live our lives in, in faithfulness to the, the example and teachings of Jesus. We are not called to answer for the results hmm. or the outcome. We're, we will answer for our faithfulness mm -hmm. in living the way God called us to live. Mm -hmm. And so that's freeing. That I don't, if it, I'm not a failure if this person never comes to Jesus. Mm -hmm. That's not my job. My job is simply to represent Jesus faithfully in, with whoever I happen mm -hmm. to encounter. So. And and don't be blind to the flaws. Like yeah. again, I, if if we had time and and we wanted to get into it, I talk about I talk about the flaws of all different kinds of ministries. There's 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 and again we talk about there's ways to be a good pastor. I think there's ways to be a poor pastor. Mm -hmm. So yeah. it's not the ministry itself that's good or bad, but there's ways that we go about it that are. I don't want to say more effective or less effective because there's been talking about effectiveness not being the, but there's ways that are more faithful mm -hmm. to what mm -hmm. Jesus is calling us to do, yeah. and there are there are ways that are less faithful to what mm -hmm. to what Jesus is calling us to do. Yeah. And so, again, the, the the ministry itself is 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 less a factor, and it's the the way in which we go about it, the purpose for which we do it, and the the uh, our own um, our own actions and activities. Are they in conformity with Jesus as we're doing this, or are we acting um, out of our own selfish selves? Which I know, you know, there's a lot of things that are mixed. Even, you know, wanting to, I think when I was younger, wanting to be someone of importance in, you know, youth group or something like that. The temptation is definitely there. So, And not that we don't want results. I, I should be clear. I, I think yeah. that I mean, anytime we do something, we should have a hoped-for outcome. Yeah. We should have, we should be doing something, and, and if something doesn't create that outcome mm -hmm. uh, that we, we thought it would or that we wanted it to, it's not that we say, oh, well, and we just, <laughs> we either keep doing it or we stop doing it. I think there's an important evaluation that needs yeah. to take place. Okay, I, I was doing this. It didn't work. Do I need to do it differently? Yeah, yeah. Do I need to? Because again, there's no point in 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 doing something over and over and over <laughs> again if if it it actually doesn't yeah. produce any any results. The the important yeah. thing is to learn from mm. the outcome, mm -hmm. 
Um, but it's not to take that kind of responsibility for something that is God's responsibility mm -hmm. to bring about. Mm -hmm. So there still is an important, I mean, results are important. We want to accomplish certain things and, and we should be, should be able to evaluate our actions and, and adjust and change when necessary. Um, mm -hmm. but, but not to, to, to take the responsibility that that's not ours to take. Mm, that's a good point. I think that's a, I think that's a good place to kind of uh, wrap it up here too, because I, I think it, we've got a lot of content that we've covered. And again, thanks for your time and your insight. I think these are really important topics to be mm -hmm. discussing. And yeah, any last thoughts before we <laughs> close it down here? No, this is this has been a, a pleasure, and uh, I hope if if uh, if this is something that is uh, that is helpful, if if someone finds this is useful, that uh, um, yeah, that they'll they'll think a little bit more deeply about what God is calling them to do, and yeah. and who God is calling them to be, um, how they can become more like Jesus each day, hmm. and if there's a way that we at Act Seminaries can help with that, well, we would just. <laughs> We would love to do so. That's what we're here for. <laughs> awesome. Thanks, Ryan.